0: Welcome to the People of Bloomsbury podcast, the first book in the Curled Up and Cozy collection, narrated from the desk of the author DJ Swales. Part 1. A New Day Episode 8. Lady Luck Two months of unopened credit card bills lay strewn at Mallory's feet. The card subsidised his taste for Epicurean delicacies, except for Turkish delight, which now came free of charge. Champagne taste and beer pockets, his mother Doria would chide him. Success as a playwright had eluded him for three decades, but his dedication to matters of food and bright kaftans remained unquestioned. Light barely penetrated Mallory's basement flat in little Lord Fauntleroy mansions, where three crimson candles burned perilously close to rigid tufts of his thick grey hair, fixed like concrete. He did sometimes fear a spark igniting his coiffure, knowing that the fierce conflagration would instantly claim his coconut oil slathered body and his floor-length fleece caftan. "'which he considered to be like a wearable duvet. "'I wonder if forensic investigators would presume me "'to be the first verified example of spontaneous human combustion. "'It's half tempting to hold myself to the flames,' he thought, "'as one particular candle's flame flickered green, briefly hypnotising him my mother would be set for her twilight years, as Cameron Mackintosh and Andrew Lloyd Webber fought over my plays, which would all become movies with sympathetic production companies. A thin slit of sunlight crept up Mallory's caftan back, from just above the hidden crevice of his buttocks. It looked like a trickle of molten silver as he wandered, Who would play me in the biopic of my life? Perhaps that up-and-coming actor, Joseph Harris, who plays Chaz Bono's body double in Curb Your Enthusiasm. I love his work. Perhaps I should document my preference in my last will and testament. The thin trickle of light quivered as two heavy red velvet curtains behind Mallory seemed to breathe as a breeze parted them. In his yellow slippers... "'Mallory kicked wildly at the bills around his feet. "'At least I'd elude all these vultures "'if I did go up in smoke,' he thought. "'Let them burn,' he cried. "'Do you hear me, gods? "'Especially you, Dionysus, or Bacchus, "'as those upstart Romans called you. "'Where are you, eh? "'I've visited the Actors' Church in Covent Garden every week. "'Take away these bills. "'They haunt my every unpaid day, month, and year "'that I devote to my craft.' The red velvet curtains concealed French doors, that opened up to a small walled space, protected from the world above by a metal grill, which rattled whenever street-level pedestrians tramped overhead. The grate provided the ceiling, porous though it was, to what Mallory referred to as a very basic zen garden. It was nothing of the sort. The main cement wall of the Zen space was scrawled with chalk. It was Mallory's last line of defence against his tendency for procrastination. In large capital letters, the scrawling spelled, Get back to work! How very un his last lover had laughed, in the days before he ignored Mallory's calls. Hopes for a relationship had ended on the same night that Mallory's show, Lady Luck, was cancelled the day after the first performance, ruined by a scathing review in the London Theatre Times. The lover in question, a doe-eyed, vicious theatre queen named Sebastian, had once played an Oompa Loompa in a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory special Royal Variety performance and made sure that everyone knew about it. He was often heard sitting outside cafes on Old Compton Street talking about how Prince Charles had locked eyes with him. Beneath the tender, flowery words that Sebastian first dispensed, begrudgingly, to Mallory, he had harbored secret hopes to cuckoo Mallory from the starring role, but only after the playwright did the grunt work of wowing the critics. When I take over Lady Luck, we will move the show to a bigger stage, he told Mallory his eyes glistening with his future success. You will publicly abdicate, then hype me up on social media, saying how I bring more poignancy and greater depth to the role. But I don't like social media, said Mallory. I avoid it at all costs. You'll learn to love it, said Sebastian, before droning on and on about how he would project an intoxicating mix of Lady Godiva realness, drag-ball Maggie Smith, and Joan Jet Punk. During a supposedly romantic date night, three days before the show's opening, Sebastian again insisted, I was made for the role of Lady Luck. Mallory had ordered a sourdough thin crust pizza topped with burrata, Tuscan basil, Cretan olives and a dollop of beluga caviar. Instead of waiting to be served, Sebastian reached for the largest slice and scooped up all the caviar. When Mallory opened his mouth to a protest, Sebastian simply threw in an olive and said, "Nice catch." On the fateful debut evening of Lady Luck, a loyal audience member, her face largely hidden by a vintage woolen Azadine Alia cowl, had roused several cries of "Encore!" from the nine audience members. London Theatre Times critic Billy Slapper scowled from the corner. Sebastian had left halfway through the show to take a call and hadn't returned. (music) Mallory remembered how the cheering lady, in her enthusiasm to clap, had pushed her baggy sleeves back down her slight forearms, which dripped with emeralds and rubies. For a moment he thought it might have been Princess Diana. Then, when the cowl slipped, he caught a glance of dark hair and almond eyes before she pulled it back over her head like a Jedi knight. During the month following the cancellation of Lady Locke, Mallory suffered catcalls and sniggers from Sebastian, who otherwise blanked him, and his gaggle of theatre queen allies, who, as it turned out, had all played Umpalumpas, and all claimed to have been the one that caught the eye of the royal heir. Mm-hmm. Sebastian even dated the critic Billy Slapper, just to spite Mallory. They were seen dining at the ivy on several occasions hobnobbing with b-list soap opera actors of brookside and East Enders. thoughts of that cowled gem bespeckled joyful audience member whose name mallory recalled as Omarillion, stuck with him blotting out the memory of billy's slapper shaking his head in the corner of the theater he often thought i wish she hadn't slipped away so soon "'Thoughts of her have pulled me through so many dark times.'" Smug images of Sebastian suddenly plagued Mallory. He coughed up a rose petal, recalling how Sebastian had not only sneaked away from the performance of Lady Luck to take a call, but had darted to Mallory's flat to pack his belongings. In the process, he had also swiped some of Mallory's most treasured belongings. A beaded vintage Mark Hamish Morrow pleated sweater three authentic berber caftans from tangier a michiko kashino jacket and an entire shelf of posh fruit jams not the feijoa jam mallory's mother had asked him when she found out i had my eye on that it's really hard to find the feijoa the mangosteen and the champagne mammy apple mallory replied devastated Thank you for joining me, DJ Swales, on my podcast and today's reading from my upcoming book, People of Bloomsbury. Uh, I really appreciate all of the support my listeners give me on Patreon and buying my books, and uh, I hope you'll join me for the next episode. Thank you so much.